Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard for Spike Ocasio-Cortez-Cohen. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. Uh, First and foremost, allow us to thank Grassroots Cava House in downtown St. Pete, as well as Le Bleu. Le Bleu. Le Bleu water. Ultra pure sprinkling, uh, drinking water. Yes. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Uh, also, let me thank Hot Damn Bur- Burnett for uh, allowing us to use the music at the beginning and the end of this show. And uh, remind everybody that you can uh, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash freedom on Twitter at muddied underscore waters and the Instagram at muddied waters of freedom, or you can find this in every episode at muddied waters of freedom.com. Yep. Yep. We're I'll, on YouTube too. We Hit are all of the subscribe, follow and various whatever listen buttons that you can on all of our social media. That's right. So that you never miss anything. That way, you know, you're getting everything. What's that? That way, you know, you're getting everything. You're getting everything. You're getting it in all of the various formats that we've made available to you. That's right. We, we're on the internet for you. We don't do this for us. No, we don't. Cause we could just do this. <laughs> right. We just call each other. <laughs> 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 we 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 could just get on the phone and do the exact same thing. There's a lot of stuff happening here <laughs> that is not really necessary unless people are watching. That's right. So thank, thank you for to, watching. Yeah, thank you to all of you out there watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it's been a weird week. Yeah, it's been a very bizarre, bizarre week. It has been a fun week. It has been a fun week. Um, so obviously, Florida. My home state, the place that I call home and pay – well, I don't really pay that many. I, only, I pay a sales tax um, because we don't have an income tax. You pay a tax. I do pay a tax, tax yeah. Um, tax. But so do many people in Florida who don't live here. Um, so uh, where, where, where I call home and you know, where, where I spend the most amount of my money, uh, once again, we cannot figure out how to – count ballots <laughs> it is eerie you're the most florida if, if i'm not mistaken is the most populous state in the south correct um, in southeast anyway yeah so most po- there's a lot of people in florida there are a lot of people in florida i have to look up how many people there are but it's in the i mean it's many many people i think it's the fourth most populous state i think it's third now I think that we recently overtook... Overtook New York? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, wow. Lord. Uh... Yep. Third, okay. So, third most populous state with just under 21 million people. And, yes, it is the third most. It's, it's, it's more than half of the population of California. Yeah. In a much smaller state, but that's a whole other subject. Right. Y'all have elections where it comes down to a matter of a few hundred or a few thousand people routinely. This yes. is like how you do your elections. It is so closely divided between Republicans and Democrats that 
it's always a nail biter. Doesn't matter what the polls sh- say, it always become almost always becomes a nail biter. Yeah. Um, and I believe that Donald Trump in sixteen won the most handily out of every like out of every election that I can remember here. That was and the still, close. And one. it wasn't a landslide. It was just right. it was the margin was way outside of any kind of you know recount or anything like that. Right. Or even needing to to camp finish counting the votes or whatever because he was so far ahead so my understanding of all this so my uh, um not broward but the other palm county has said that they're not going to be able to do their their recount in time and may just certify the original election day results which would help desantis and and Scott. scott um and then in broward uh what's their name brenda snipes uh, Snipes is definitely right. Brenda sounds yeah, right. Snipes, something Snipes. She has pretty much all but stepped aside um, because of the the court ruling saying that she was you know, grossly negligent in handling the election. Which, um, in all fairness, like she was, <laughs> she was like so. The day after the election, well, okay, so the week after the election, they found unmarked ballots in an airport or unclaimed ballots in an airport. Uh, They found them in the personal cars of people. They found them, somebody allegedly uh, found them in a locker at a school. Um, One guy today was joking around that... uh, they found a 10-foot python in the Everglades, and when they cut him open, he had two boxes. <laughs> two boxes of ballots. Two boxes of ballots inside of him. Um, so, and, Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, this is sort of the stereotypical, oh, we found you know, more ballots. The thing is, even though these were close races, my understanding is that there's never been a recount that has reversed anything even close to this large of a margin in no. terms of, I, th- I think that the, the greatest margin was something like just under a thousand. Um, last I saw, um, Scott was ahead by like 15,000 votes and, um, DeSantis, DeSantis is ahead by like 37. Yeah. By 30, over 30,000 votes. So by, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, by, a, by a, a, a magnitude, by multiple amounts, it's, it's not close enough for a recount to change anything. We're just kind of, I guess they're just going through the motions, but my whole thing is this, you know, everyone is on pins and needles and the same thing in Georgia too. Um, that's, that's not close enough for a recount as far as I can tell so far. And it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be close enough to even trigger him getting under 50% where it would trigger for them to have a runoff where it would just be the two of them, Kemp and, and Abrams. But we're just going, you know, they're just going through the motions of that. Everyone is on pins and needles about how essentially a popularity contest went, because based on, you know, a margin of a few thousand votes, it's going to completely determine which group is going to get harmed more and which group is going to get helped more. Right. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, welcome to democracy. You've got angry groups of people voting to use government to leave us alone and to harm those people over there. And they're over there voting for them to leave them alone and to harm us. And we end up hating each other. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're watching that play out in a, in a grand fashion in Florida and Georgia, mostly in Florida though. Right. Um, I, so one of my buddies was down visiting me a while ago or I was up there. I don't know. 
we were together, uh, and it's normally a time period in which we wouldn't be together. And he started talking about democracy, and he was like, we live in a democratic state. And I said, no, we don't. We live in a constitutional republic. It's different. Right, right, right. And he was like, well, you know, essentially it's the same thing. And I was like, okay, so you like democracy. And he goes, yeah. And I said, great, so you're a fan of gang rape. And, <laughs> and I figure I'm coming out the gate strong on this one. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, he was like, make friends and influence people. Right. He's excuse me. I was like, well, right. I mean, in a gang rape situation, the majority of the people want to be there. So and he was, they've had a vote. Uh, okay. Well, and I get what you're saying, but it's different. Is it? <laughs> if you don't want that thing to happen. Well, that's the thing. So it's, it's, it, it, it is different. Um, in most cases they're, j- and again, we're not, we, we hear the muddy waters of freedom are against rape of any kind, including we, gang rape, which um, we, which we do say often. We say often, we do have to say it. Rape. We have to remind people we pretty have to regularly tell people all the time that we're against rape and right. I'm not going to have to really ponder that one. But, um, in the case of, of gang rape, I don't want to say it that way because they, they might also kill the person too. But in when we're in in a in a in a you know when we're having these democratic votes or you know voting for things, imp- the implication is always that someone's going to get harmed. People get killed, and we're we're going to talk about examples of you know democratic votes, you know voting for representatives who then pass laws, who who then also have votes and pass laws, resulting in people actually dying. Right. So the comparison's valid. I mean, it, it's you know people don't like it because. They say, well, are you calling me a rapist? No, I'm saying that you're participating in an immoral process. We're definitely a constitutional republic. There's the democratic mechanism of picking representatives, and then the representatives are the ones who do the democratic vote on on, on bills. So it, it is a democratic, quote-unquote, system. But we're not a democracy. We don't vote directly on bills. Um, but ultimately, I mean, it's it's people like you said. I mean, it's you know, gang rape. It's 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 mob rule. It is mob rule. It is, it is instead of having tyranny by a it, tyranny is basically crowd. It's crowdsourced tyranny, basically. The millennials yeah. like crowdsourcing, so I threw that. But, in. Okay, yeah, crowdsourced tyranny. Crowdsourced tyranny. <laughs> it's the Kickstarter. Of it's tyranny. the Kickstarter of tyranny. Uber tyranny. That's right. Uh, it's. It's the Patreon of Tyranny. Speaking of Patreon. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, we're working on our Patreon, guys. Yeah, it's, it's going to be coming up soon. Um, but yeah, uh, so in, in a lot of these situations, especially like here in Florida, you're going to have 17,000 votes, 17 right. to 30,000 votes, depending on which election we're talking about. So 17 right. to 30,000 people are going to be the difference maker that decide what happens to everybody else. Everyone. Uh, everyone. Um, and whenever you're look, whenever something like that is happening, so essentially you can say that's 50% of the state, 50, 50 on the state of people who are eligible voters who actually went out to vote pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's as close to 50, 50 as you're going to get with that right. large and diverse of a population. So that means that 50% plus a couple thousand are going to be <laughs> making <laughs> are going to be making the decisions for the other 49.5%. Um, numbers I'm just pulling out of my, out of my butt, by the way. Um, but Plus all the people that either don't vote or were ineligible to vote. Right. 
or aren't you know aren't old enough to vote or whatever else. So I mean, you've really got you know fifty plus a couple thousand or a few thousand who are running roughshod over the majority of the state. I mean, if you if you add up all those people, you're looking at the, the um you know you're looking at probably what you know two thirds three quarters of the of the population that are being run roughshod over by a very small majority, barely majority of eligible voters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So here in Florida, which happens often. Happens often. It ha- happens often. About less than 50% of the state and slightly more than 50% of eligible voters who vote make the decision for everybody else. For every other person. And everyone. I'm just going to come out and I'm like, I'm going to come out and say this. Um, if you don't know who the officials are, don't vote. Uh, if you. Uh, yeah. I. If you don't care, like if you're just like a party voter, please don't vote. Um, like actually learn the people who are running. Or if you are like Spike, don't vote. Or just don't vote. Or just don't vote. You could reach peak uh, ascendance like me where you become so aware of the process that you go, these people are all scumbags. I don't want to vote for any of them. Right. But yes, if you are going to vote, at least know why you're voting. And if you and then don't vote. And please don't take it. Unless it's us. Don't take celebrity endorsements. No, um, no. If you're We're waiting for Will Ferrell to tell you who to vote for. I love Will Ferrell. I have zero interest in what his politics are. Um, right. Or, you know, name a, name a uh, conservative, Scott Bayo. Who doesn't like Charles in Charge? And Chachi. Who doesn't like that? But I don't care what his politics are. Like, I'm, if, if, if I'm waiting for Scott Bayo or Will Ferrell or John Voigt, or um, Taylor Swift, sorry, Muhammad. Uh, Taylor Swift to tell me who I should vote for. Probably I not. not vote. I yeah. should not vote. Yeah, if uh, Oprah came to my door <laughs> and didn't have a car, like if she had a car, I'd be like, okay, well, Oprah's at my house. Like, allow me to be kind. But if she was like, hey, I really think that you should vote for this person, I'm probably going to just look at her and go, no. Only because I don't listen to celebrities on this. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I take the car. Yeah, I'll take the car all day. Here's a car. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, want you to vote for this person. I well, will strongly think about that. I will think My about that. My new car. Thank you, Oprah. Do, is the car dependent upon whether or not... And will you know? Like, can I just lie to you yeah, right here? How will here? you know? Exactly. Right. It's the sanctity of the secret ballot. I can just walk in there and like... The draw uh, with crayons, although we have the touch system. I was so disappointed in 2016. I showed up ready to draw pictures of uh, my dead, my recently deceased dog, Zeus, and Harambe in heaven together. And uh, I just bought crayons at dollar, dollar, family dollar, I think. Dollar Tree. No, Dollar Tree. And uh, that part matters. And um, I show up and I go, I'll take a paper ballot, please. And they said, we don't do paper ballots. You have to do it on the touchscreen. And I said, I'm not going to deface your touchscreen. So I left. So uh, Lou, Lou Grimes. Yes. D.L. Grimes, um, which is his real name. Uh, D.L. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lou, Lou Grimes. What if a celebrity was as versed or more on the topics in the upcoming election? I'm assuming he means if a celebrity was as versed or more than us, which isn't going to happen. Well, I guess the short answer is 
if I'm not, if I'm so poorly versed in something that I know for certain a stranger knows more about it than me, I really shouldn't vote. I, I, I think. Like, I mean, I, I'll give you that. I, I'm also. I mean, and here's the problem: most voters on both sides don't really take the time to flesh out. Even even before getting into, they don't even really know their ideological beliefs or what they you know what they what their philosophy is behind stuff. They're very situational on 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 what they support or don't support, and a lot of it is more personality based than than policy based. Policy based. Even getting outside of that, if you don't know enough about the specific issues that, for example, a celebrity um, knows more than you, and you know that they know more than you. I think that would be, to me, if you really wanted to be involved, that would be an invitation to learn more about that subject so that you can decide if you agree with that person or not. What do I know? I'm just an anarchist. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, mean, that's, that, I mean, that's the best answer you can give. Like, <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, if, if a celebrity does know more than you on a subject... Learn more about Learn that more about the subject. Like... There, there, there is never a time that you should be listening to Roseanne Barr and thinking, yeah, she's got some valid points. You know what? That Roseanne Barr, she sure said those words right. in that sentence. Like, I, I mean, so what's funny is years ago, years ago, she was on she was hosting Saturday Night Live. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll never forget this because she went up there and she just starts railing on people. And she was like, please don't let your celebrities pick your uh, pick your politicians. Like, oh, OK. And I was like, OK. And then she's, oh, just because Clint Eastwood likes somebody doesn't mean that they're going to be tough on crime. Or, oh, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger's voting for him. That doesn't mean that, you know, that they're the Terminator or something. like. I don't remember. Um <laughs> And I was like going, are you asking us? Cause she was still, I'm pretty certain she was still liberal at the time. Um, she's pretty liberal now. I, I she think is, she but she's a big Trumper there, now. but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so she, uh, and I mean, she got bashed pretty hard by the left. So she may just never vote Democrat again. Oh, well, yeah. No, probably not now. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, she uh she was coming out saying, "Don't vote for whoever the celebrities tell you to vote. Vote for whoever's in your heart." But then she went on to talk about which uh, politicians, <laughs> which politicians she as a celebrity thinks you should vote for. Yeah, <laughs> don't go with those other celebrities. Go with me, Roseanne Barr, star of Roseanne, <laughs> for, former star of Roseanne, former star of Roseanne, uh, and former star of Roseanne. Right, the second Roseanne. That's right. Has anyone actually watched? If you've watched The Connors, which is the spinoff of Roseanne, it's Roseanne minus Roseanne. Hit us up in the comments because I'm interested to know if that isn't a steaming hot pile of garbage. I think it already got canceled. Oh, did it already? I think so. Hit us up in the comments if you know if The Connors has been canceled or not. My dad, I was talking with my dad, and he told me that they that they brought back Murphy Brown. Yeah. And I said, is that as terrible as I assume it is? And he said, yes. I said, okay, thank you for the heads up on that. So hit us up in the comments if you have seen Murphy Brown and like it. No, Paul Gordon, I did not get bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
Captain Maggot bit by a radioactive spider. I see we're just glossing over the radio. Yeah, we're going to ignore that. We're just going to ignore that. But no, I did not get bit by a radioactive spider. But apparently Roseanne is not canceled also thanks to Paul Thank you, Paul Gordon. Thank you, Paul Gordon. Um, <laughs> so those are both things that are true. Oh, the but Connors they, is on, but they and Paul ordered and, and only Matt has one not been bit by a spider. But they ordered only one more episode. Oh, just the one. Just the one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So we got uh, recounts with lawsuit upon lawsuit upon lawsuit. Yep. <laughs> uh, here in Florida, uh, Georgia. And they're just waiting for all the ballots to come in. There's a, there's been a lot of um, flack that they've been getting uh, about all of that since um, Kemp was the Secretary of State. Right. So it has the appearance of you know he's counting his now he has resigned now, right. um, but you know it's the whole appearance that he was the one counting the ballots and uh, you know whether or not he, people were allowed to vote is the big whether thing. or not people were allowed to vote. Um, the, uh, I know that a judge just, uh, issued a order, I think yesterday saying that they couldn't certify re- the results until at least Friday. Um, and that gave time for more provisional ballot to come in. My understanding is that in order for the vote count to even come down to the point of, um, it being low enough for, to trigger a runoff. I mean, we're, we're no longer anywhere near territory of them of, of uh, Abrams winning. This would truly just come down to a redo on December 4th. In order to get that low, um, he would need to win, I think, 13% or less of the existing votes, even though there isn't a single county that he did that poorly. Even in whatever county Atlanta's in, he still got, I think, either 16 or 18% of the vote. And... Um, so I mean, it's it's it, we're looking at mathematical impossibility. Right. But again, when you're when you're when you have various angry, hateful mobs choosing which other mob is going to get harmed worse than all the others, this is how it turns out. You have judges saying, no, 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 no. We have to make sure that the right angry, hateful mob wins, and that's that's what's happening in Georgia, and and to some extent, and actually to more extent, I was going to say even that. more so here. I mean, we've got Rick Scott filed lawsuits against the. Uh, Broward County. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that I know that if this turns out where Rick Scott and DeSantis win, which it will, it will, it will. Uh, but I know that when that happens, the DNC is just going to pile on lawsuits and say that uh, Rick Scott, because Rick Scott has come out. Rick Scott has come out and not said that he will sign off on the recount since he's the governor. He will not sign off on it? He has not said whether or not he will. Oh, okay. So he, is, he has come out and not said anything. Um, is it, he required to sign off on it? Yeah, the governor is required uh-huh. to sign off on it. So mm. he's, he has – his spokesperson has not said whether or not he would sign off on it. So a lot of people are thinking that if Nelson wins, Rick Scott's not signing off. Which would be, which would really, really make things fun. Um, it's not going to, I mean, again, it's so far out of the, when, when I, I read about um, recounts that actually resulted in, in the, 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 the declared winner being changed, the margins are like 300 votes, 600 votes, 200 votes, right. 90 votes, 
you know, none of them were even a thousand votes. Rick Scott, it's like 15, he's like 16 or 20 times higher in his vote margin difference than the, 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 the largest margin that's ever been overturned. So you're not, you, you know, they, he won, he, he won and DeSantis won. And now the goal, because this is what happens when one side wins very closely, the other side, their consolation prize is that they can do everything they can to try to delegitimize that person's win, um, which really doesn't do anything. Um, it just makes them feel better. Um, so they'll say, you know, oh, this is a fake president, a fake, you know, senator, right. a fake governor, whatever, who, whatever the, the, the race was for. And then that allows them to, you know, feel like they had some kind of moral victory, sort of them licking their own wounds and trying to sort of um, taint the the well uh, of, you know, of the process, um, which, you know, it's fine with me. I, I like... I like watching people who avidly participate in democracy immediately turn around and bash democracy. <laughs> yeah, and then the, immediately uh, participate in it again. The Orlando Sentinel, right? Yeah, the Orlando <laughs> Sentinel wrote a uh, article that came out, I believe today. It may have been last night, but uh, they said, "Dear America, we're sorry for delegitimizing democracy." Sincerely, did, Florida. Because yeah. Florida did that. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like that's not really Florida's fault, but like technically, just highlighting how it works, right? How how bass backwards the entire thing can be. Yep. <laughs> that would be like the team that loses in baseball, saying we delegitimized baseball. No, you just lost it. So in baseball, it would be like um, the team in the World Series, the team that loses more games but scores more runs. Mm-hmm. Yes, like they win two games, but they beat the ever living tar out of the other out of right. the opposing team. They ran up the score, yeah. and said we won the popular vote. Right, we won the popular. Vote. We scored more, so obviously we're supposed to be the champion. We got the the, more, the most hits, right. most runs. That's funny. So uh, that's what happened, and uh, that's election news. Now let's talk about the speaking of the consequences of elections. Right, we have two stories. Uh, two uh, completely different but oddly similar stories. Um, so the left and right both seem to be united in the belief, oddly enough, that gun laws don't ever result in police coming to your house and killing you for your gun. And uh, the, the left says, you know, we're not coming to take your we're guns. We're just your guns. Yep. Yeah, we're not coming to take your guns. Although some I, I've seen more and more on the left who are like, yes, we're coming to take your guns. Like, you're actually not going to do a damn thing. Um, you're going to sit there after you vote and complain about democracy. But they, um, you know, they say, we're not coming to take your guns. We're just trying to keep new guns off the streets or whatever. And the right or many people on the right will say, well, the police, they swore an oath to the Constitution. And that, you know, they would never they would never violate their oath to the people by taking our guns or, you know, definitely not by killing us to take our guns. So we have two stories. One is in Ferndale. Was it Ferndale, Maryland? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in Maryland, which is governed by a Republican. And that Republican governor signed a bill into law, a red flag gun law, which basically says that uh, if you call the police on someone about certain things, um, mental health disturbances, domestic disturbances and things like that, the police can take your can come and take your registered guns 
um, without any process. And I guess there's a process to try to get them back, but they don't have to go through any process to take them. They just come and take them. Um, and so um, someone called the police on Gary Willis. Details are a little murky as to why police were called, um, but the police showed up. He answered the door with his gun. Um, he did put it down. They told him that they were taking it. He got irate and picked it up, so they killed him on his property for having his gun. For having his gun. For having because his own gun. Because somebody else called the cops on Someone else called the police. Right. So for for reasons unknown to any like it's yeah not, we don't we don't know yet and it may be one of those things you know privacy laws or anonymity laws or whatever right. we may never know why they called the police and you know could it could it have been that he made an actual threat to somebody yeah maybe don't know. we don't know we don't know. Yeah, we don't know could it also have been somebody got upset with him about something and said oh yeah uh, Gary Willis is crazy. Uh, Gary Willis is crazy and he has a gun and he may at some point try to hurt somebody. Uh, yeah, that also could have happened. Yeah. Or someone could have called and made something up entirely. You know, Gary Willis just threatened to kill me and, and he didn't, you know, we don't know. We don't know what it is. What we do know is that a Republican governor, Republican NRA endorsed governor had signed a law, which allows where we don't know how many times, but the police have gone and without any trial, uh, without any, I don't believe they even need a warrant. They just show up and t- well, maybe they need a warrant, but no trial. There's, there's you, you, they assume that they get to um, take your gun and then you have to go through a process to ask for your own property back. Um, and so he's dead. He's killed by the police. That is the consequence of people deciding that their fear of an object means that you don't have the you right to, to own something or to defend yourself right. on your own property. And it is the police who will show up. It is not Nancy Pelosi that will show up. It is not uh, Mike Bloomberg or any of your your hated uh, left-wing anti-gun celebrities who are in, weapon, who are in movies with lots of weapons. <laughs> None of them are going to do it. It's going to be the police that come to do it. So, Right. So let's uh, take a quick trip over to Midlothian, Illinois. Is that where is that what the place was called? I knew it was outside of Chicago. Yeah. Okay. The only reason I know that is because there was a Midlothian, Virginia. So when I saw Midlothian, I was like, whoa, really? There are multiple Midlothians. Right. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> that surprised me just as much. Of, uh, all, of all the names, Midlothian. Midlothian. Okay. So Midlothian, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, mm-hmm. known for... It's lack of violence. Um, <laughs> because of their gun laws. Because of their gun laws. Um, in Midlothian, a young man by the name of Jamel Robertson, I think I'm pronouncing that name right, I really hope I am. Uh, mm-hmm. A young man by the name of Jamel Robertson was a security guard at a local bar. And right. somebody in the bar started a fight, started shooting. Now, Jamel Robertson, being a true hero in my mind, yeah. uh, pulls out his legally owned firearm. He's also a security guard. So, you know, like he's got the uniform. Right. Um, right, right. So he goes to, uh, he, he stops this altercation. A few people had been shot. Nobody did. Uh, so good on him. Good guy with a gun saves, you know, stops a bad guy with a gun. Right. Right. The, the age old thing that many people who are pro second amendment say, 
the police show up and they see a black guy with a gun, even though he's in a security guard uniform. Security outfit and hat. And hat. And they shoot him dead. Now, to... uh, God, I don't even know which side to get mad at first here. I know, and, and that's and that's the thing. Like, there's so many things to unpack with this. First of all, obviously, horrific decision by the police. Oh, and, oh, and and in the midst of that, they said that everyone is yelling, "Security, security! He's security! He's security! He's security!" And you hear that? They saw a guy with a gun, shot him. Right. Either that, or they just thought that they were saying, "No, no, the guy that's doing it is security," which is also really stupid to think. Um, no, that yeah, no one thought they're they're saying. Well, if that's their clue, then if that's their their claim, then that 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 proves that they have nothing. Right. I would not be surprised if this ends up being resulting in someone being charged. The way it's being described, um, there was no reason for the police to think that this guy was an active threat. He was right. holding down someone else, and everyone's standing around and saying he's security. So you don't shoot him. So. Well, What's, you're not supposed to shoot him. You're not supposed to shoot him. In, unless so, you're in Midlothian, Illinois, and then you shoot him. Then you definitely shoot him. Then not Midlothian, Virginia. No, they don't not, do no. Well, probably. <laughs> let's be honest. They, they probably do. <laughs> they might there, too. So, obviously, let's. So, the way we see this is this is a perfect example. I'm speaking for Matt as well. Um, <laughs> when people say, without, without you know, government, who would keep us safe? Jamel Roberson, Robertson would keep us safe. Right. And then the police would show up and shoot him. So, I mean, the, the, it, it, it details not only don't you need government, but they often come in and make things that are okay worse. One thing that was interesting to me is, you know, the vast majority of people, including voters, they get their cues from media because they're not paying attention closely to stuff. And so they pretty much let the talking heads tell them, you know, what their side thinks. Um the left-wing media has been the one mostly talking about this so far, and they have been threading their their off their 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 um, trusty needle between threading the needle between the police are racist and shoot black people disproportionately, which is true. Uh, I don't know. You, you can decide on the racist part, but disproportionately shoot black people. But but then also. Only the police should have guns. They're threading that needle again. You know, the, the, only the racist police who it's, shoot black people disproportionately should have guns is how they're somehow trying to, to, to frame this story. Um, because, of course, this wouldn't have happened if, uh, if Jamel Roberson um, hadn't had a gun. Right. And so the way that I've been looking at this is, like, like you said, the threading of the needle, which I right, think is a right. great, great analogy. Because you're right. They're, they're, threading, they're threading the needle of um, cops are racist. And then they're taking it and they're threading it back through the same eyelet uh, of only cops should have guns. Only the cops and then, should have guns so that they can kill more black people, apparently. Right. And it makes absolutely no sense because Jamel Roberson should be alive. A hundred percent. He should be getting the keys to the city. Like, I mean, right. he should. He should have a, the key to Midlothian, Illinois. The key to all the Midlothians in the Every U.S. Midlothian. At least two Midlothians that there are. Right. Uh, but yeah, he should. And instead, he's dead. Yeah, he's the dead government because he was a black guy with a gun. Yeah, and that shouldn't have happened. That should not have happened. It should not. And the answer to that isn't that the people that shot him should be the only ones that have weapons. No, because it should not. 
because there's a good chance that if something happened, and let's say that uh, instead of a shooter, the guy was a stabber. Right. right. He was knifing people. Uh, yep. And then the police come in and and once again, Jamel Roberson Robertson has like got the guy penned down because, you know, he's a hero. Right. Because he's a hero. He's a hero. So yep. he's got the guy penned down and, you know, everybody's yelling, he's security, security. he's security. Cops shoot him anyway. He doesn't cops shoot have him anyway. How many times do we hear of cops shooting um, unarmed black men? Black, unarmed black men, unarmed, not just black. I mean, how often do we hear of police shooting unarmed people? Most of the people that police shoot are unarmed. So him having a gun was not the problem. The police having guns was the problem. Right. Um, so you see that on the left. And then the right wing media has been largely silent outside of um, like libertarian media the an anti you know police accountability media the right-wing media has largely ignored it because there's not really a good way to frame the police in this like it 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 only makes the police look bad and and the true conservative media rarely focuses on a story in which the police are the bad guys um i i would imagine that fox news won't be picking up on this unless they can find pictures of jamel you know, flipping off the camera right. or, or, you know, smoking weed or something. And then they'll be able to say, Oh, Jamel, you know, he was a thug. Um, otherwise I think a lot of conservative media is going to largely ignore this. And this is the problem. This is a big part of the problem is that the majority of people that are hearing about this, they're hearing one of two things, nothing. So they have no idea this is even happening or they're hearing this contrived, the police, are racist, they're trying to kill, exterminate black people, definitely make sure that only they have guns and you bring on umpteen experts who explain how that even makes sense. And if that's all you're hearing and you're not hearing another another point of view saying, that doesn't make sense at all. Why would we just only have the police have guns if they're the ones shooting black people for no reason? If you're not hearing that and all you're hearing is that point of view and the conservative media is you know, keeping their, yeah, their keeping lips silent What's that? Yeah, they're keeping silent on it. They're keeping silent for the most part because it makes the cops, it makes my thin blue line look bad. A lot of people that are paying attention to this are going to walk away saying the police are racist. Everyone give your guns to them with zero irony at all. Right. And it, I mean, it makes, I, I don't remember what post it was on. Oh, you actually made a post that said this. You said the left is so woke. They are saying that we need to turn in our guns to somebody they consider is literally Hitler. Be Hitler, yeah, right. exactly, yeah. And Trump is Hitler. Trump turn is Hitler. Turn your weapons in. Um, <laughs> and that's that's essentially what this is. That's what the calls are going to be once again. You know, yep. like as in, always in Maryland, which I didn't know they had a Republican governor. I, yeah, Larry Hogan. I feel Larry Hogan. That's the first one in quite some time. Um, he is, and he's incredibly popular because he's sort of a centrist. I mean, he just beat the the former head of the NAACP in Maryland. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's actually incredibly impressive. But the reason it's as we talk about a lot: the more bipartisan someone is, the more awful they usually are. And Larry Hogan would be a good example of that, guys, because Larry Hogan, who you know, everyone's saying, oh. That's really great that a Republican won in Maryland, is it? Because here's a guy that, again, he was endorsed by the NRA. Okay, He's supposed to be a gun-loving Republican, and yet he signed a law into office. He signed a law, a bill into law, that gave the police the power to go to this guy's house and murder him. 
Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, we'll call it what they plan to go there. They plan to use whatever level of violence was necessary to take his property, even though he hadn't actually committed a crime. And now he's dead. Right. Gary, Yay, Gary, Gary, yeah. I mean, you can't really blame the NRA on that one because they didn't know he was going to do it. But they didn't I mean, know he was going to do it. But it just when it the, go, the it, NRA is a little sketchy on this, right? So they they first of all every every uh, gun control law that is in office right now had the backing of the NRA when it was signed. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, most of them were signed into law by Republicans who had NRA backing. Um. The uh, bump stock thing that's going on now where Trump is trying to get rid of bump stocks and trying to outlaw 3D printed weapons. Those both have the backing of the NRA. And Um, so the 3D printed wedding weapons makes a lot of sense for the NRA. Because their main backers are weapons manufacturers. Exactly. Of course they would. I try to explain that to people. The NRA is a weapons manufacturer lobby that often treads into gun rights of course because the more guns you can buy the better that is for weapons manufacturers but anytime our gun rights those times that gun rights don't line up with the interests of the of the companies that already have their licensing to make to to make weapons you're gonna your gun rights are gonna get screwed by the nra If the NRA wants to sponsor this show, you're more than welcome, though. Yeah, 100%. We will not turn away your money, I will tell you that. I mean, I, I could come up with a di- couple of different uh, organizations or companies I'd, I'd really like to sponsor the show. Uh, <laughs> just if Glock wants to send us weapons. <laughs> we, could do, we can do product samplings. Right. <laughs> Brought to you by Glock. We'd like to thank Glock for this we show. Bulavanaka. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Um. Yeah. So, uh, in in both situations, in both situations of the uh, one in Midlothian and the one that's going on in Mar- the one that happened in Maryland, right. um, very different situations. Um, they're both very different situations, but at the same time, they're exactly the same because it's two people who owned weapons legally. Right. Who are both now dead. Yep. Both of them shot by police. Both of them shot by police, both specifically for legally having their weapons. Right. Although in the case of Jamel, it might just be they saw a black guy and shot him. It may or may not have had anything to do with the gun, but it's still, it's the same thing. In both cases, you had a person with a gun who hadn't harmed anyone who were killed by police. Probably at least in the case of, we know in the case of Gary, but possibly in the case of Jamel as well, for having a gun. In the case of Gary, it may have been that, you know, he was, you know, suspected for a domestic abuse. He may not be as good of a guy as we think, but ultimately he hadn't been known to commit a crime and they hadn't gone through any legal process, any kind of process that he could dispute to take his gun. They just showed him and said, we're taking your gun right now and we're prepared to kill you if you don't give it up. In the case of Jamel, that's a lot more clear cut. He was actually a hero who got killed. And whether it was because the police are racist and they see a black guy and shoot him, or if it was just in the confusion of what was going on, they shot him. The bottom line is that the free market saved that situation and the state came in and killed the hero. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and then you got dominoes outside paving the roads. So there's (laughs) like, 
government's not helping here. And they'll probably, they'll probably end up shooting the Domino's people when they, for paving roads. Right, yeah. Eventually, they'll be like, no, that's city property. You can't do that's that. city property. Get off, my, get off our potholes, Domino's. Right. Do you, we've spent a lot of time making those potholes just so we can get money back. Exactly. You're screwing up our revenue. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in both, in both of these cases, it's, um, I mean, both are very just sad. They are. They're terrible. They're they're. I, I can't. Again, the Gary Willis one, there are shades of it that make it sound like he might've been not necessarily a danger, but there may have been some disturbance or something there. It doesn't justify what ended up playing out, but it sounds like there may have been more there than what we know. And, and again, because of how the laws are with privacy and, you know, uh, anonymous reporting and stuff like that, we may never know. Right. Um, the Jamel Harris one is just a heartbreaker. I mean, here's a guy, it sounds like he's a really solid guy who's, you know, saves people and then gets killed by the police. It's just, it's, to me, it's, it, it's the prototypical example of, of how government makes things worse, that, that individuals acting in good faith could, could handle much better. And whenever something like this happens, I don't like to look at the person's personal life so much. Yeah. Because, um, uh, what was it, you, the United Airlines, I think it was United Airlines, the guy that got yanked off of United Airlines. Oh, the Asian guy that, yeah, 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 where they pulled him off and beat him up, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was wrong by United, if that was, it was United or Delta, I don't remember which one. I think it was United. Yeah, so yes, that was wrong, but then people started looking into it, and they were like, oh, he's not really a doctor, he's like one of those pill mill people, whatever, and uh, that doesn't matter. Right, like he. It doesn't matter. No, they weren't beating him up for being a, a, you know, right, a fraudulent doctor. They beat him up because he wouldn't get out of his seat. Because he wouldn't leave the seat he paid for, Um, and yeah, that's it is in the contract, and I get that. Like it's in that small fine print that nobody ever reads. Like I know that, but at the same time, you just beat somebody. Like, how much money did United lose over that? I'm imagining a good a good amount. Well, I mean, there's the there's the amount that we never know of of people that you know didn't that they flew somewhere else for the next several months. They flew with someone else. So I mean, I I don't know what they if there was a you know in a settlement or whatever, but they definitely lost more than they they gained from that. And my understanding that was a while back, so I don't fully remember. But I want to say that there was something about how United actually didn't follow, either didn't follow their protocol of how to deal with that, or that what was going on didn't warrant it, it wasn't one of the things that's listed in that fine print as to when they can tell you you have to give up your seat there was something there where it wasn't clear cut in favor of of it was actually clear cut that united had done something wrong according to their own contract right. and i don't remember what the details were of that but but yeah i mean the fact that he was and i remember that they had actually they had mistaken that guy for someone else and they were saying oh he's a i forget what it was it was there was something where it was like something about his personal life and i'm like who the hell cares? Like, right. what, what is that? You know, that was like during the whole Trayvon Martin thing, whether you think Trayvon was the aggressor and George Zimmerman was defending himself or whether you think George Zimmerman was a, you know, racist who was out looking to kill a black kid that day or somewhere in between, whatever you think that stuff they dragged out about Trayvon. I mean, most of it was just like, Hey, look at this picture of this kid. He's wearing a fake grill and he's flipping off the camera and smoking weed. Okay. There are pictures like that of me out there somewhere. 
Really? Not, well, not the grill. I, know. I was going to say, there's a picture of you in a fake grill. Not, not in the grill, but the other, the, all the, the other components. The main components minus the grill. Okay. I was going to say, I'm going to need that picture, and that's going to become our... our <laughs> That'll be the cover photo. That'll be the cover photo. Um, but yeah, with, in, in the case of Jamel, uh, in the case of Jamel, he was an organist at the church, and he played multiple times a week, apparently. Uh, his dream was to become a cop. Uh, from from everything that I read, and granted, again, I don't like looking into the personal life because no, I know that I know, doesn't I know. really matter. But this dude just sounds like he was an all around good guy, like a literal choir boy. Yeah, yeah, yep. and and he literally acted as a hero. <laughs> and the cop shot him because he's black. I, yep. uh, that's the only reason like, yeah, the cops were there because somebody reported a shooting. They saw a guy with a gun. I get that. But at the same time, the free market fixed the issue. The issue this, had been dealt with yeah. in completely voluntary private means, right? The police could have come in and just arrested the other guy, <laughs> taking him away. But no, instead they shot the guy who neutralized the situation. They shot the black guy. And for anyone that watches this show on a regular basis, we are not um, race card callers. Like, we're, we're, we're usually going to be the last people to, to think that there's a racial component to something. Like, we're not, this isn't our show. Like, wow, it's because he's black. Or, you know, it's, right. you know that's because, you know, he's white and he's racist. Like, we're not, we don't usually go there with stuff. I'm having a hard time, you know, I'm sort of innocent till proven guilty on, on most stuff, including racial stuff. And a hard time thinking that the fact that he was a black guy holding down someone else, possibly another black guy, um, we don't know, um, that that was what, what guided them, even though they were literally being yelled at, it's security, he's security, he's security. Right. And I don't, because here's the thing, I, I, the guy's, how old's the guy's, 20-something? He was 24, I think. Yeah, so here's the thing, because again, I remember when I was 24, even though he's in the, even though he was a church organist, there's very possibly some less than flattering f- photos of him, especially in the age of social media. You know, I have less than fat- flattering photos in the age of Polaroids and, you know, cameras that you had to go to the store and, you know, wait an hour to have them developed. Like, you know, now in the age of social media, it's so easy to have unflattering photos. So if there's a photo out there of him smoking a blunt or drinking a 40 or whatever, or, you know, in a compromising situation with a, with a woman or, you know, he's flipping off the ca- I don't care. I don't. Like, I don't care. Not even a little a bit. Not even yeah. a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I could care less. Because he's a kid. He's a, he's a young man. And that's what young men do. And I just, you know, I it, it, this stuff just bothers me. Because it, 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 that's character assassination. Like, if you're, if you're taking a dead person, and it's not germane to the... Okay, if you have a photo and it shows that he has, you know he's selling guns or he's in a, a known gang or something like that. And, and then that means, Oh, the police might've realized that he was a gang leader and thought, you know, which makes no sense, but something that's germane to the conversation makes sense. Right. Just putting out there. Oh, well, yeah, the cops shot him, but look at this photo. He's looking awful thuggy in it. Who the hell cares? Yeah. Who cares? Like who cares? Like, so I am. What? I am certain if you go back far enough, you will find a photo of me attempting to look thuggy. But that was a tiny little skinny white boy, so it probably wasn't with, going over well. With or without the grill? Without. Without the okay. grill. Okay. Without the grill. Like, you know, the uh, the 
the white short overalls from the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Like pure nineties white thug yeah. out uniform. Right. You could you'll probably find something like that if you try it hard enough. I don't know. Yeah. Possibly. Um yeah. And the same for me. I, I've got a lot of photos somewhere of me doing various drugs um and trying to look hard. Oh, so, I definitely I've got those photos here at my house and they're the only copies. <laughs> in my photo album. Yeah, I don't have they any photos. Are, they like are that. in my photo album. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure everyone, if I ever ran for office, I know that it's going to be, is this you? Yeah, no, that's definitely me. Um, if I get killed, none of that is germane to it. Right. Right? So I, that's, I, I've never been a fan of that. But yeah, these are both examples of just, like, I, I go to these examples when people are like, well, who would do this? Someone better than the police or someone better than the department of, you know, the DMV or, you know, whatever service it is you're talking about the government providing. Especially, so I've yet to meet someone who like has good experiences at the DMV, and yet they will immediately turn around and be like, "Yeah, but who would do the roads?" And I'm like, "Someone better than someone, the people doing it now." Right. <laughs> and I, I mean, here that's uh, F dot, not the DMV, but still, the Florida Department. Oh, and here it's it, so yeah. I was confused. So it's yeah, it's SCDOT here, and then DMV. I guess is the one. DMV literally all they do is rob you for the the pleasure for, for of the using right. the roads that you were robbed to pay for. Right. Yeah. They rob you for the right to drive the car that you purchased that you purchased right on the roads on the that, road you, that already you already paid, paid for. for. Right. Yeah. With your property taxes, right. sales taxes. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. And then they kill you. Right. Um, speaking of <laughs> being uh, removed from buildings, I was, I was wondering how you were going <laughs> to in various get fashions. Them. Some less violent than others. Jim Acosta. Good old Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta accosted. Jim accosted. Jim accosted a White House intern. Um, yes. And then blatantly lied about it on uh, Anderson Cooper 360. Oh, yeah, he did the, the E Honda oh, yeah, 100 hand Whoppa. slap at her. Yep. Whoppa. Yeah, he he tried to take her out at the elbow. Um, she was re- she was reaching for the mic, and he kind of pushed down, and then chop. What was it we did with the Jeffrey Rush? He reached up my torso, over to and the right, across my left, my left breast. Right. Jim Acosta reached down her elbow, and then went went up. Right, he kind of. It's like he was he was pushing her hand away to stop her, and then he like chopped down on her arm in order to get her to not reach for the microphone. The tomahawk chop, which is now known as the Acosta chop, the Acosta chop that he did, and then so anyway, so all of this resulted in, so in this Atl- and the fact that go ahead in Atlanta they should change it from the tomahawk chop to the Acosta, <laughs> the Acosta chop. chop. Well, then, CNN, CNN is based in Atlanta. CNN. <laughs> CNN. That'd be so much less racist. That would be so much better. Instead of, oh, you go, Mr. President. Mr. Mr. President, President, I'm from CNN. CNN, answer my question. So that and, because here, so yes, he did some, 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 somewhat violent moves on that late on that she's like so little too she, on that she was poor tiny, young girl man. 
he also was just as annoying as like again let me, let me just go i do not like i shouldn't say i don't like because i don't really dislike anyone i am not a fan of donald trump's policies in any fashion at all i am more libertarian than the other person you're thinking of who's libertarian just name the person. I'm more libertarian. So I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, and I'm certainly not going to defend him. When you ask someone a question, and they answer it, and then you say, no, you're wrong, and then ask the question again, that to me is like arguably one of the most annoying things that someone can do. Right. And I have, people do it a lot. But, but Jim Acosta, like if you, ever, if you try to look at his questioning of Trump in as unbiased a way as possible try to forget that it's trump whether you like trump or don't like trump try to forget it's jim acosta just it is a person look at the way he asks questions of of trump but really just in general he'll ask a question and say well how can you think this and they'll say well i i think that and he'll say no it's wrong this isn't true why do you think that that's the dumbest and most fruitless questioning it's it's activism. And, it's not a question. And going along with what you said on the you know pretend whether or not you like Trump, right? Right. Imagine it's a president you like. Like right. imagine it's an yes. Obama or a Clinton or even a Bush. Like for the people out there who like Bush and not Trump, um, I, uh, but like Reagan. Imagine it's Reagan. Yeah, imagine uh, Ronald Reagan's up there. Right. Imagine Ronald Reagan's up there or Obama or uh, Clinton. Yeah, um, Obama. For those on the left, imagine it's Obama or Bernie Sanders. Imagine it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay. Newly elected president. New, newly elected God. president. Which And, uh, and uh, finally, she's got a place to live. She does. Um, well, I don't know. Does she? Uh no, I'm saying if she gets elected to the White House. Oh, yeah. If she gets elected to the White House, she does. Um, There's a White House. But, yeah, it, imagine that it's the president that you actually like, and you have right. not Jim Acosta. Uh, <laughs> you have someone else that you don't like. Megyn Kelly. You Megyn get, Kelly. You've got Megyn Kelly in, in the White House press room, which would be weird for multiple reasons, but you've got no. Megyn Kelly in there, and she just keeps asking the same question over and over and over again. And then saying, well, no, I think that you're wrong. And uh, you're wrong. Yeah. And every time they answer, you say that she says you're wrong right. and then ask the question again. In that case, like you would sit there and say, oh, Megyn Kelly's a bitch. I can't believe she would do that. That's so disrespectful. Right. You, know, you would, you would lash out. You're disrespecting the office. Right. Whether or not you like the president or not, whether or not you agree with him or not, whether or not you think that he is doing his best to respect the office. Right. That is not on you to decide. That it, when you are a member of the press corps, you have to treat the office like it's the office. You have to treat the president as the president. Yeah, you can push, but at a certain point, you have to just accept it and don't like... There, there's, there's, pushing, there's pushing to get your question answered. Right. That I get. So you ask a question and they kind of dodge around. Well, you know, we'll have to say. And, and so you keep pushing to try to get your question answered. If your question has been answered and you say, no, you're wrong. Because the question in, 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 in this example was um, something along the lines of, you know, you've described this as a, you've described this caravan coming up as an invasion. Why have you done that? And Trump said, 
I think it's an invasion. I see it as an invasion. That's, that's an what answer. he thinks. That's Whether you answer. agree with him or not, I don't agree with him, but that's what he thinks. He thinks it's an invasion. And then Acosta goes, well, no, it's not an invasion. They're migrants. They're trying to seek asylum. Why did you say that? Because I see it as an invasion. Because I see it as an invasion. And then he says, well, why did you, you, you use, and this was stupid, because when you have me defending a border hawk, you've made a mistake, <laughs> Jim. And, and, and he, goes, he goes, well, why, and this was, per, Trump, say what you want about Trump. The man is quick on his, his feet. And uh, uh, when it comes to this stuff, and 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 Acosta says uh, something along the lines of, "Well, you know, you've been you've been criticized. You use that f- the the video footage of people jumping over gates and and fences and, and 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 trying to look make it look like an invasion." And Trump said, "Well, those weren't paid actors. Those were the actual. Yeah. Pe- those were that was footage from the caravan." Th- and he's right. Those were real people. Those were those were real. People. Those were real people. Those weren't yeah, actors. Did you think they were actors? Yeah, and so your your Trump's much better than mine. Thank you. Um, but I'm not really good at impressions. But he he and he was right. I mean, it, it was whether you agree with you know how he um, how he portrayed that or not. That was that was actual footage. Um, but regardless, he answered the question and he just kept going on and badgering him about the thing. And it's like, okay, your question has been answered pretty much every single way it can, and you're just you're you are using like a reverse bully pulpit where you're going to stand there and, 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 and do that. And he got removed. I, you know, I mean, again, I'm not a fan of government in any fashion. If you want to be in the press corps, your job is to ask questions and try to get them answered. You successfully got your question answered, Jim. And now you're just like grandstanding. I'm not sure for what purpose. Really, you're just making your side look bad because you're the one that just brought up the fact that they're jumping over fences and attacking police officers. So, not really helping your side. Um, You're helping your side almost as much as the people who point out that the natives let in undocumented immigrants. Because that makes it look like a good idea. Right. Yeah, It turned out well for the natives. Oh, yeah. The, The natives let in undocumented immigrants and where are they now? And they're the ones that say it. And again, I am a, I, I'm not a, I hate the term open borders because I don't believe in government, that government should even have borders. I believe in private borders, and I think that the, the migration issue gets handled that way. I'm not a supporter of, of closed government borders. If the government has borders, they should not. Like, that's my opinion on, on government. That's my government any, anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sympathetic to the open borders argument. But when you talk about, and I know I'm going off on a whole rant, but, you know, uh, this is Thanksgiving, so we see all of these, you know, undocumented immigrant crap. Um, and and they'll say, you know, the they'll talk about the genocides of you know the, the European genocide of 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 natives that they brought diseases that killed most of the natives, and then they they went in and and subjugated and stole the land of the remaining natives. And then they go, you know, the natives. If you think about it, they were letting in undocumented immigrants. Who then took everything? Who then from took them. everything and, from them? Yeah, who, and who, reclaimed the land and killed most of them with diseases that they brought, or with bullets that they brought. Right. Well, with bullets, but what? So I guess the initial uh, people that came brought disease that killed a, a good. Depending on how many, depending on who you ask, anywhere between sixty and eighty percent of the native population was killed off uh, by disease. 
Then, I, I was so, watching. Um, John Leguizamo has a new thing out on Netflix. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, spoken history of Latin people, I believe, is what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in it, he kind of is going into all of this. And for a yeah. while, I was a hundred percent on board with everything right. he was doing. I was like, all right. You you do this, John Leguizamo, and then at the end right. he was talking about Che Guevara being great, and then I went, okay, well you lost me. Um, I know the rapist and the murderer, the ra- the, the racist the, rapist and murderer, the racist homophobic ra- rapist and murderer, uh, Che Guevara. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's a great silhouette, though. I mean, you know that 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 face is just iconic. It's an iconic silhouette-ish face. It is. It is. Like, I know the outline of that very well. It almost makes all the rape and murder worth it. <laughs> and we're against rape. We are. We're very much against rape. Um, more so than communism, maybe. Well, communism is a form of rape. Communism is a form of rape, but it's a government as opposed to one-on-one. Yes. Which we're also against. Which we're also against. We're against all the rapes. We're against all rape. But yeah, so that's the, the Acosta thing. And then I liked that people said, well, you know, the entire press corps should just boycott the White House. Great. They should all just walk out and leave. Great. Do it. Which I, I'm like, okay, good. First of all, I don't care if you go or not. Nope. Second of all, what do you think Trump's going to do? Nothing. You just, re- you just refuse to. He's going to do one of two things. Absolutely nothing. No more press corps. Or he's just going to invite in a bunch of people that are friendly to him. Right. You're going to have like uh, 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 Sargon of Akkad and, and, yeah. uh, and uh, Gavin McInnes and um, Milo a, Yiannopoulos. There's and a chance that we get invited. I would. You know how probably maybe you. Um, well, yeah, no, I mean, it would definitely be me out of the two of us. Yeah, I but, don't think I'd be allowed on federal property at this right. point. But, um, but yeah, I yeah, mean, I would, there is a chance that if the entire press corps didn't show up, they'd be like, hey, let, I could see that. Like, Don would be sitting there talking with Mike, and he'd be like, Mike, I need you to go down to uh, Florida and pick up, uh, pick yeah, up right. that mat. Pick up that mat from the muddied waters. And Mike would show up, and I would be... I would have to say yes. And we would go. Yeah, I'd have or to say. Or you would go. Yeah. And then I would You'd do. You'd be our correspondent to the White House. Right. But that's what he'd do. I mean, he would, if, if you, he doesn't like the press corps. So if you give him a reason to have a new press corps of all people that like him, you've like, that was your, I, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere because of course they're not going to miss the opportunity to grandstand on the taxpayer right. dime. But, but uh, you know, they should all walk out. Yeah, that'd be the dumbest thing you ever did. You'd that never would, be allowed back. If you want to make sure, if you'll never be back ever. And if you, if you, uh, if you'd be you allowed back would, in 2020 if Trump loses, but by then you would have already lost your job. Exactly. It'll be someone else that replaced you that'll be back. Yeah. And, and it won't, and it definitely won't help Trump win, uh, Trump lose because now the right White House press corps is just going to be a bunch of sycophants there to like, you know, paw over who, uh, you know, who gets to ask the nicest question to, to Trump or to, um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who we established would beat. Who did we put her up against? We put her up against. Um, was that Nancy? That wasn't Nancy. 
against Nancy Pelosi? I don't remember who we put her up against. Yeah, so we had a pool going of different, mostly female uh, public figures. Uh, which ones would win in a 50, fight? 50, I think. Oh, no, we had some guys, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did have some guys, too. We did, like, Anderson Cooper versus Tucker Carlson. Tucker Tucker Carlson, which we went with Tucker, right? Yeah. Bigger. Big, yeah, bigger, longer reach. Yeah, longer reach, bigger and longer reach. A little bit of that. And he's younger, too, I think. I don't know. But so, uh, if, yeah, if it was Nancy Pelosi, Sarah Huckabee Sanders would completely blow through her. That's not even a fair. No. Was that real? I hope that wasn't the one. It was Megan Kelly versus Rachel Maddow. It was Rachel, yeah. And, and I went with Rachel. Yeah, I think I went with Megan. I went with Rachel. Just I was just doing it based on who's bigger. And it turns out Rachel's actually a very tall person. That's right. Because, yeah, I had. Just based on what they look like on TV, I assume. Yeah, Megyn Kelly I assume she was a little, yeah. Little I, think, I assume Megyn Kelly was bigger and Rachel Maddow was shorter. T- taller and shorter would be the better way. Yeah, to and it turned out. Yeah, J- Jacob, I think you're right. He said, "I think it was Pelosi." Um, I think you're right. Yeah, it was. Pel- well, if it was Pelosi, if you're right and it was Pelosi, then Sarah Huckabee Sanders would absolutely would destroy her. Destroy. She's got the age advantage. Right. She's, I believe, taller. She's definitely bigger, girthier. She's nice and girthy, and she's got the. Str- she's definitely stronger. What every and woman wants to hear: you're nice and girthy. <laughs> you're awful girthy. You're awful um, girthy girl. You're a girthy girl. There, uh, BBW. She is, and uh, she's st- like, she seems just uh, hearty and robust. And Pelosi seems like she, you know, could fall often. And and uh, yeah, I think that's. I just think that that would be a crime more than a fight. Um, Lou Grimes says Anderson Cooper is ripped. Tucker would be out of breath after a swing. You know, See I, now, I, okay. So yes, I agree with that to a point. But I think that if Tucker were to ever be able to grab hold of uh, Anderson, it would be over for Anderson. Like I That's think he would just hang on and like just choke him out or something. Like I no, don't I, think that would be an actual swing. It would be like a wrestling match more. Yeah, because most professional, most two people that don't know how to fight, it usually ends in them grappling each other because neither one knows how to really you know properly strike. Um, I've seen too many of these like like the tough man fights where they just put gloves on them and have them go to town and neither one knows what they're doing. And I've seen like actual like bar fights and stuff like that. You know, you, you, we put a lot of of weight in you know how physically fit someone is. Nine times out of ten, the bigger guy just wins because when you're in that kind of situation, you're not really like your fitness and your and your stuff like that. Unless you actually know how to use your strength and know how to use your size and and your your fitness, most of the time it just it's like the fights don't are don't last that long. So, so, um, what's it called? Uh, like your heart health isn't really a factor usually because the adrenaline is so high that, you know, you might be, you might pass out afterwards, but you know, that's not, it's, I really would have to go with Tucker. Yeah. I still I think really it's going to be Tucker. Go with Tucker. Yeah. I still think Tucker wins that one. Now, if it was a, you know, a, a sprint or a race, I'd go with Anderson. If Absolute, it were, you know, a push up contest. Absolutely. A fight, I go with a bigger guy. I go. With I also, guy. I also feel as though Tucker's been in a fight before, where Anderson doesn't seem like the type. I don't think Anderson's ever been in a fight. I might be wrong. You know, Anderson might do uh, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something. You know, assume, I'm assuming neither one of them knows what they're doing. If either one has done 
some kind of kickboxing classes or you know fighting some kind of training of some kind, and the other one hasn't, then it's the over. one who has yeah, one. It's yeah. just over. Yeah. Like, That's what that is. Anderson so seems sh- like a Capoeu kind of guy. <laughs> the the dancing one? The dancing one. I would pay to watch that. Yeah, me too. So speaking of Anderson Cooper, possibly knowing Capoeira, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Ah, yes. Which has the same number of syllables, probably, as the other sentence. So she has been, uh, and if you've seen any of our fun memes on uh, Muddied Waters of Freedom. which we Okay, so we've been taking some flack about posting memes about... Making fun of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, we've been called poor shamers. And uh, we've been called poor shamers. We've been poverty t- shamers. Poverty shamers, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've, been set, we've been told that we... Um, uh, that it's unfair of us to pick on somebody who can't afford good housing, can't find cheap housing in DC, which is everybody. Um, it's, it's, we, it's, someone said it, it's not very libertarian. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, hmm, that's weird. Oh, okay. How's that? Going back, we to never the, got a solid response on why that was not very libertarian. And going back to a sentence from about 40 minutes ago, uh, we're more libertarian than whoever that person is. Yes, think of the person that when you think of libertarian, Matt and I are both more libertarian than that person. Right. Combined. Combined, yeah. Easily. If you combine that person into himself or herself, we would be... More libertarian. More libertarian than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, she went around and she was talking about how she couldn't afford housing. Couldn't afford housing. She couldn't afford housing. Now, from my experience, from all of my experience, uh, knowing people in elected office, usually that first six months or so, uh, you are sharing a house with like six other freshman congressmen. Right. Sometimes... Two of you are in a room. Yeah, you're congressman. You're leading the nation, and this is what you're doing. Because Cause it's expensive as hell to live there, and you're exactly. not making any money yet. Right. Uh, so you suck it up, and you do that. And on top of it, if you're going to go around and you're going to say, I can't afford housing in D.C., make sure, absolutely make sure, that nobody can find records to your bank account saying that you've got money saved up. She's got, what did you say? It was 15, 15 grand? 15 grand. That should cover some rent until your 134 grand plus benefits job kicks in. And I, I, don't, I think they get paid monthly, which um, I'm pretty certain that'll cover rent. Okay, first of all, so I'm, I have to think that there's someone out there who will rent to you on the idea that you're going to start getting paid in January yes. with a guaranteed job, like not just a government job, but an elected official job. It's a job that you that know the person's going to get. I don't, I know people get kicked out of those seats, but I don't remember the last time that happened. Not often. Yeah. It's not often. It's Very not very rarely. Right. And if they do, it's, it's in a, you know, election two years later, like for at least the next two years, she's going to be good. Right. So, so yeah, so it turns out, and it turns out she has 15 grand anyway, but let's pretend for a moment that she isn't a liar 
and that she doesn't have the money. Something like three or four days before she started saying, how am I going to pay my rent? She, um, in her, there's a picture of her wearing something like $6,000 worth of clothing. All that aside, maybe it wasn't hers. Maybe it was one of those where they put her in those clothing, you know, for the photo. Who knows? What what was it in the, in the picture that somebody memed it and they said Neiman Marxist. (laughs) Yeah. She's wearing like Manolo Blancs. I mean, she's decked out, but again, it might be like the celebrities where they're wearing, you know, million dollar jewelry that isn't actually theirs. I I don't know, but regardless, yeah, she has access to means, but that's a whole other subject. Which I think is this, illegal. What's that? I think it's illegal uh, for her to take money from somebody else to pay rent. Oh, yeah. Well, but no, but yeah, but someone could have her stay at the house for free, I would think. Right. Oh, maybe not. You know what? Maybe not. Regard, she can figure out her housing. That was such a, that was a typical, okay, welcome to millennials being in office now. You're now going to watch grown-ass people act like teenagers go, oh, where am I going to live? It's expensive. Like, you're going to... Before I get on a rant about millennials, which I am technically one. Um, this is a woman that three four days prior gave an interview to that Univision guy with the white hair. Um, oh, the one that Tucker Carlson was ripping up about the immigration? Probably. Yeah. I think it was him. And he basically asked her the same question that she's routinely asked even by people on the left, even by schmuck over at the daily show. What's that guy's name? Oh, um, South African guy. Yeah. Even he had the audacity to ask. I stopped watching the daily show after, uh, Craig Kilborn. Thank you. Craig Kilborn left. That was a long time ago. I know. I like saw I was like in high school when he left. <laughs> it was in ninth grade when he left. I saw like four episodes with uh, John Stewart, and I've, I haven't seen any with the new guy. Yeah, yeah. So everyone has asked her, "How are you going to pay for this stuff? You have all these plans. You're gonna, you're gonna spend unprecedented amounts of money." tens of trillions of dollars on 32 your hobby. trillion dollars on 32 trillion dollars more right than they're currently spending um essentially doubling the federal budget um how are you gonna pay for this and she always acts indignantly outraged that someone would even dare to ask such a thing because she has no answer for it. it and so her new because I think she was realizing that you can't just go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you asked me that. She said, I'm puzzled that you asked me that. When you say, how do you pay for it? You just pay for it. You just pay for it. You just just pay pay for it. it. You just pay for it. My whole, you just pay for it. And so, okay, so then just pay your rent. Oh, you don't have the money for it? You don't have the money to do it? Weird. I'm puzzled by your telling me you don't have the money for it. Just pay it. Right. Did you ever try just paying it? (laughs) Just pay it. Just pay it. And there are even people on, um, people who are friends of this show who (laughs) also didn't like the fact that we were making fun of her for not being able to afford rent when apparently she could, um, but that was before we knew she could. We were just making fun of her. Were people mad now that we found out that she could? No. Oh. 
No. And, you know, they were, they were like, I can't believe that you would do this. Like, she can't afford it, blah, blah, blah. So when I found this out, real excited, real happy. <laughs> In your face, she can't afford it. Why did people, this was the hill that so many of our followers wished to die upon, defending Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, pretending that she can't afford to pay rent right. for two months? Like, the, the woman who has the economic understanding of a four-year-old, with, a, with, a, with an economics degree. With an eco- yeah, with an economics degree, which I don't understand how she got that, even a little bit, um, but she did, uh, I guess. It, it tells you what these are people that call themselves economists are learning for her to walk away from that and say something like, you just pay for it. You just pay for it. You just pay for it. You just do. You just pay for it. Because debt well, does What money? <laughs> pay for it. Because the American debt doesn't matter as long as nobody calls it in. Um yeah, and meanwhile, that thirty so thirty two point seven trillion is a extremely optimistic conservative estimate that the Mercatus Institute put out based on the rosiest of assumptions, so rosy that they themselves said it is impossible for it to be this low, right? Because even if because this would require a forty percent cut in the amount of money going into being paid to doctors, uh, uh, pharmacies, uh, technicians, you know, across the board, 40% cut, which would be result in a massive rationing of, of, of use of those services, um, which would be, uh, you know, the, the, the American people wouldn't tolerate that drastic of a cut to their services, especially if their taxes are being doubled. Um, so that's not going to happen. So it would probably end up being, much more than 32.7 trillion but even at 32.7 trillion they said that a doubling of tax rates across the board whatever your tax bracket is right now double it yep that still wouldn't be enough to pay for it yep and uh what what the mercatus institute like everybody was like oh yeah the mercatus institute said that this plan is cheaper than what we spend now right and they themselves said, no, it didn't. Yeah, they, it did and it didn't. It did not. Yes, it did say that the $32.7 trillion that this plan would cost does cost less than the $35 trillion that we spend on health care over the same period of time. Right. But my health care bills are considerably lower than, say, yours. That means the you're now paying my health. I'm not paying your health care bills, right? Right. Unless yeah. this plan goes into effect, and then I'm paying. You're your paying health. my health care bill, right? And all I'll folks be- out there are, and for those who know, I have MS, so I spend a lot of money on health care. Yes, he does. And you're now paying for that. Oh, and by the way, the drug that I get every month is part of a free drug program that the that the company that has my drug for certain people. Um, whose insurance won't cover it, uh, and who aren't millionaires, um, they uh, they basically give the drug for free um, until that, either my insurance company picks it up or um, I become a millionaire, right. which is great. If I become a millionaire, I pay for it all day. Yeah. Um, and it costs eighteen grand a pop every month, every four weeks actually. So every so four, it's actually thirteen times a year. Do the math on that. This what one hundred eighty one one. 
just under 200 grand a year for just a drug that I get, you know, for one, basically once a month. If a universal healthcare plan comes into effect, they're not going to offer a free drug program anymore. They're just going to build a government for yeah. it, which means one of two things, either you're going to be paying for my 200 grand a year drug, or I'm not going to get my drug that keeps my, my MS at bay and keeps me able to walk and, and see and talk and, you know, and live like a normal person. I have to take a lesser drug. That's not going to be as effective. So this and, one hits, this one hits home for me. Right. And, and as a person who really enjoys having spike on the show, <laughs> please don't get, get rid of his drug. Please don't get rid of his drug. Uh, we, we here at the muddied waters of freedom and muddied waters media, um, definitely need that drug. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, the muddy waters of freedom is brought to you by Biogen. <laughs> <laughs> let's see if we can get them to sponsor us uh <laughs> they already are let yeah. me tell you something they're already putting out good money for the show yeah that's so, true they get a plug every once in a while for the biogen makers of Ty Sabri. and the fact that okay so the fact that they are giving you uh in this free drug grouping that's a free market win that is a free market win they and the, here's why they're doing it because i i Every few months, I have to check in with Biogen's financial assistance people to make sure that I'm not rich and that my insurance company hasn't you know, decided to approve it. Here's why they do it. They know that because of the cost of their drug, that insurance companies say, no, 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 no. You're going to have to be much worse off or have taken a bunch of other drugs and they didn't work before we'll approve this. Right. But the, the problem with that is that that means that I have to be, God forbid, in a wheelchair or, you know, all the other, I mean, MS can affect any part of your body. So I, I, I would have to be severely disabled or much, you know, actually disabled um, and, and actually, you know, in, in a much worse place physically and, and, and health wise before they'll approve it. And Biogen's whole thing is, well, we don't want to wait for that. We would much rather take someone who has an aggressive form of MS, which I did, um, and give them this drug. And demonstrate for three, four, five, six years that it's working so well. Because what happens is eventually the insurance company says, okay, you know what, we'll, we will cover it because you're doing well on it. And that's, that's saving us, you know, what it would have cost you all that time to pay for all these other things that you would have needed that you don't need because you're on this drug. So th- the reason they're doing, they're not just doing it for purely altruistic reasons. They're doing it, they get a tax write-off, I'm sure, I'm sure and it's part of the whole you know, they get charitable donations and it goes towards this or whatever. But part of the reason they're doing it is because they know that more than likely it's going to end up resulting uh, in me getting this drug covered by my insurance company eventually, which then they'll get their money back. So here, like you said, free market win. The free market is working. I am on a drug that it was unheard of 10, 15 years ago. The idea of, of, of all but halting the progression of MS, that was unheard of. And it's happened. It didn't happen because of government. It actually was delayed to be implemented by a few years because of government. And it's now out here changing people's lives. MS was a death sentence. It was a slow, it's, you know, a, a, a slow motion death sentence. And now there are people with MS who are actually improving because they've kept their MS at bay. Their old damage is healing. And they're now able to, I've met people that 15 years ago were in wheelchairs, paraplegics, quadriplegics, people that were expected to die. Um, they now walk again. They can see again. I mean, it's like a miracle. Yeah, totally I was gonna say, that, that's win. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's amazing. insane. 
It's insane. And 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 something like a, a, a Medicare for all, either you're paying the two hundred grand for me to get this drug, or the government goes, We're not covering that drug. And I don't get it. So No, no, Alexander. So so when people that's why when people are like, Oh, don't make fun of Alexandria Acacia Cortez her and people like her are advocating for something that could potentially harm me directly um, and not in an indirect taxation is theft type of way. And technically it could, it could harm any of us because it, it, har- it harms everyone because we don't know what's going to happen. Like no obviously I'm not going to be the picture of perfect health anymore <laughs> since I guess I like going to a hospital now. Um, right. But Nobody knows what's going to happen in the future, like car accident, car accidents, sickness, cancer, any kind of disease. And yep. now you're going to have to be faced with trying to get drugs that either your insurance company isn't going to allow you to have right. or that the government's going to be like, sorry, no. Like in – yeah, people hate it when we say it's the death panel, but that's – it's it's the death panel. They're going to decide whether or not you are worthy of getting a drug and what is the easiest way to do that based on what you are putting back into society. How, how often are you seeing people and, and it gets worse than that because the more collective, I mean, Venezuela is not worried about whether they get access to MS drugs anymore. Cause those people are probably dead at this point. They're worrying about like food right. and, and, and things like that. The more forcibly collectivized things. And the more you take the market equation out of it, the more it's going to result in people being harmed. And Medicare for all is just another example of that. Um, and the, the problems that it's attempting to address were all created by government in the first place. Um, you know, the, the, my guest last week, um, uh, Jason Romano, was talking about, we talked about the roots of the, the whole reason healthcare costs so much to begin with. During the World War II period, to keep costs down, because government was the main purchaser at that point, because they were buying all this stuff for, for the war, they, they put uh, caps on salaries uh, that that no one could pay their workers more than a certain amount. The way to get around those caps was to those greedy capitalists who, you know, love to, 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 you know, to slave wage their workers their found workers. ways to go ahead. I was going to say to screw their workers. So they don't yeah, get paid. Screwing the workers. They found because of the, because in, in true market economics, you, you pay more for your labor so that you can get the best labor. They actually found ways to get around the, the caps by saying, well, we're only going to pay you this much, but we also offer benefits. And that's where all this pension stuff happened. And, and, you know, we're going to offer, we give you this, all these perks and benefits. It used to just be, you got paid for your work and you took your money and did what you wanted with it. But that started the whole health insurance thing. Health insurance, even though it is, or was a private mechanism, it still is a degree of separation between the consumer and the provider, which means that usually if that is now the main way that you're getting a provision of a service, you're going to have less cost control built in because instead of me buying a sandwich from you who made me the sandwich and says, okay, this sandwich is $2. And I go, okay, $2 for the sandwich. I'm now buying sandwich insur- insurance and I'm paying a monthly fee to get sandwiches. And I go in and try to get the, the most sandwich I can get because I already paid into it. And this insurer is kind of, you know, they're, they're sort of an un- somewhat interested third party that's, you know, trying to, you know, trying to negotiate sandwich prices, those sandwiches are going to end up costing more. Same thing with healthcare. So that begun, be, began the, the drive up of the price of healthcare. Then what happened is um, in the 1960s, they introduced Medicare and Medicaid. 
which uh, began the implementation of, of government-provided uh, health care uh, to the poor and to the elderly, which drove up the costs even further. Then you come into the 1980s, there was uh, changes to Medicare to make it more uh, robust in what they offered. Then going into the 19, the late 90s and the early 2000s, they introduced Medicare Part, B, Part D. Then in 2010, they introduced Obamacare. And you can just watch how healthcare costs continue to skyrocket as government gets more and more involved. Medicare for all would remove you from seeing the direct cost because you're no longer paying out directly. You're just paying in taxes and through your uh, currency being worth less and less because of the Fed printing out endless amounts of money to to pay for this stuff. But what you are going to see is a reduction in the quality of your care, which is what we see every time universal health care is implemented anywhere. And and as, as Medicare keeps getting expanded... Yeah. The quality of care isn't changing. Like it is kind of, it's going down a little bit right now. If we went to universal, right. it would just go down completely. It would, it would crumble. Yeah. yeah. But what most of the money is being spent on is administration. Yeah. Because anytime the, the government expands, you need more administrators. You need more administrators. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're creating, it's, it's a government jobs program. Instead of just, so instead of me just buying the product directly from the provider, I now have to employ 16 people over here who are going through a bunch of red tape to just pay you instead of me just paying you right. and not having those 16 people, which drives up the cost for no good reason. If, if, if people need to be added to a process to make it more efficient or to you know, spread out the amount of service that can be provided, but when it's just to feed legal red tape, you're just making it inefficient for no reason. And that's what, you know, that's what Medicare for all would do. If you want a sampling of what Medicare for all would be like, ask your, your local veterans about how they get treated by the VA because that's single payer healthcare. And from, from my experience, uh, I've only met one person who said the VA treated them right. Yeah. I, I, I don't, and, and it's I not even, okay, you know, oh, they even don't care about one, me. I didn't even a hundred percent believe it. I really didn't. Like I thought he was only saying that, uh, because he was trying to win a debate. And I, if you're going to tell me that the VA treated you okay, I can't really argue with you because that's... Yeah, you don't know. But I, Yeah, I have no idea. But I mean... I've met plenty of other people who were not conservatives or libertarians who do nothing but complain about the VA. Right. And it's like, hey, welcome to what you're trying to push on everyone to have. Because that would be, would be the VAification of, of our healthcare system. Right. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you notice they call it Medicare for all and not Medicaid for all, which is actually what it would be. Medicare, you pay part of it. You pay eighty, you pay twenty percent, and most people get wraparound insurance that pays for it. What they're pushing is a hundred percent coverage for all. That wouldn't be Medicare for all. That's Medicaid for all. The reason they don't call it Medicaid for all is because similar to the VA, ask someone who's on Medicaid what their experience is with Medicaid. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Oh, or even better, ask a doctor or a hospital administrator what it's like trying to get money from Medicaid for services that were already provided. That's a real, that's an ugly conversation. More and more hospitals and doctor's offices are refusing to take it just because it's impossible to get refunded. Yep. And, and, and the thing is, they have to take it for emergency services. So they're required by law to take Medicaid for emergency services and they get screwed. 
So then anyone who goes in for emergency services with private health insurance, Medicare, anything where they actually get paid, they have to run, you know, they have to run the cost up to pay for all the people that got denied through, you know, where the, where the services they were required by law to provide, they don't end up getting reimbursed for it through Medicaid. Right. So Medicaid for all means a lot of hospitals shutting down. Which is why they don't call it Medicaid for all, even though that's really what it is. Medicaid for all or VA for all would be much more um, honest think, yeah. of what it is they're pushing for. It's not Medicare. Right. 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 Uh, um, so real quick, uh, people in California, please be safe. Yeah. This is the deadliest fire in American history. Is it really? Yeah. I think 42 people have died. Holy crap. Yeah. I knew, I, I haven't been following it that closely. I knew that they had said, I think when I saw it, it was like over a dozen people had died. Yeah. No, um, I've been, it's been the lead on the Drudge Report since they decided to stop uh, reporting on the recounts as closely. Um, but so it's been the lead up there. And wow. Often, uh, like the number was just climbing. They got to 31 two days ago. And then last night they changed it to deadliest fire in American history. And I think it's 42. And I know at least when I was still, when I, the thing I saw, which is probably three or four days old, hundreds of people are still missing. Yeah. 200, 200 people are missing still. Wow. Yeah. So if you're in, Where Cal- in California, is it affecting Malibu? Oh, uh, Okay. Malibu. So yeah, if you're out there, uh, be safe. Uh, don't, yes. don't, don't be stupid. It's a fire. It's a fire. It's a giant fire. You, you probably know what don't be stupid means a lot better than we do. Cause we aren't dealing with large forest fires. Um, so just don't be stupid and, uh, stay safe. And, um, yeah, just, uh, do whatever you can to yeah. not, not maybe die. leave if you can. Right. You've probably got friends up north. I was gonna say, like go to Oregon or something. Right. Like or go, go to go to San Francisco. Like Yeah, go to Orange County. Go somewhere go or is Mal- I, I'm not I was gonna say familiar, I don't think but... Orange County's far enough away. Okay, go to Nevada. Take a trip to Vegas. They don't have any trees out there. Yeah. Go somewhere that the fire won't follow you. You know, we live in Matt and I live in areas that are uh, prone to hurricanes, and obviously the dynamic of hurricanes is different, but it's similar in that it's a massive, somewhat slow-moving mass disaster that affects the entirety of an area. It's not like a an earthquake, or it's not like a hurricane that or a tornado that you know it could be over there, but it's not affecting me, and it's real fast, so you can't really respond to it. And the, you know, it's something that's you know it's headed to you. And it's coming at you. It's coming right for you. And here it is. It's coming. And it's really big and it might kill you. And um, it's obviously the opposite of a fire because it's a water. But um, the dynamic is the same. If I think it's headed straight for me and it's strong enough, I usually leave just to be safe. That's, that's, um, that's the safe way to handle that. That's the safe way to handle it. If you know it's coming straight for you and it's strong, it's not just kind of a tropical storm, you just go ahead and leave. So I would think with fire... You know, pack what you can and, and get out of there if you haven't already. And if you can, I, I you know, I don't know the dynamic right. 
you know how easy it is to get out but definitely be safe out there right and if you're stuck there just be safe do just be safe do whatever it is necessary to remain safe because we want you watching us yeah we would miss you we would miss you we would definitely miss you we would miss you also, real quick, just uh, Brett Corrieri. I don't know if you're still watching or not, but um, happy belated birthday. You are like a big brother and a great friend, and uh, just happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Brett Corrieri. <laughs> that was close. Corrieri? Brett. <laughs> Brett? Happy birthday, Brett. Happy belated birthday, Happy Brett. belated birthday, Brett. Um, hopefully, I see you again soon. Um, but yeah, you got anything else? Tomorrow. Debate stravaganza. Ah, uh, yes. The masters of debate, I called it. Somewhat tongue-in-cheekily. Um, we're having a debate, a, a three-way debate moderated by me, Spike Cohen. It is a debate between Joshua Smith, the um, at-large representative for the Libertarian National Convention, Mike Shipley, the head of the Povertarian Caucus and the co-founder of the Libertarian Socialist Caucus, and Sam Coppinger, who's kind of a rising star, uh, you probably never heard of him even a year ago, but now he has a page with 40,000 followers called Libertarian Memes for Neoliberal Teens. And they're going to have a, uh, they're gonna have a three-way debate about all sorts of stuff, all libertarian. Hey, do you like watching libertarians argue? Tune in tomorrow night. Tune in tomorrow. You could probably do that all day on the internet anyway, but tomorrow yeah, but it's is, going to be televised. Yeah, I was going to totally. say it's going to be it's going to be completely different. You want to see your favorite libertarians that you love to hate argue with each other live in HD? Tune in to My Fellow Americans tomorrow on the Muddy Waters Media Network, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Central. Oh, you're doing 10 p.m. Eastern? Yeah, because <laughs> they're all in California. Yeah, I might be able to watch that. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can tune in at least for the the last bit of it. Yeah. So tomorrow, tomorrow at ten, tomorrow ten p.m. And it's being promoted pretty heavily, so <laughs> I fully expect the comment section to be a total mess. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. I'm looking forward to that. And so tune in tomorrow, and then Thursday is the writer's block. Thursday is the writer's block with Nick Tumbalides from U.S. Term Limits. U.S. term limits, and I will remember that because I'm going to promote that while I'm on my show tomorrow. Yeah, uh, and and we're going to talk about term limits. Which is a subject near and dear to everyone's heart. It is. And then next Tuesday, back here, muddied waters of freedom. Probably still won't know who the Florida senator or governor are. No, God, no. Not until December, I'm guessing. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. That's going to be a good time. It'll be fun. This will be our pre- that will be the pre-Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, that'll be the Thanksgiving episode. Happy pre-pre-Thanksgiving, everyone. Oh, that means there's no writer's block next week. No writer's block, not on Thanksgiving. Not on Thanksgiving. That's a special day for everyone. So, okay, great. So we'll see you tomorrow. My fellow Americans, debate of the century. Thursday, writer's block, Nick Tumbalinis. <laughs> Nick Tumbalides. Num- Nick Tumbalidi. He's. Of, of U.S. term limits. Of U.S. term and- limits. I said that right. Yeah. U.S. term limit. Nick Tumbalides. And uh, then t- next week, Muddied Waters of Freedom. Thank you again. We will see you tomorrow. And where we're going... We don't need roads. 
Oops, missed it. Nothing to eat 